Previously on Ars Paradoxica. I'm in charge of our little operation. I already have been for a little while now. And I need someone I can go to who isn't generating more chaos. Someone like you, Esther. This is an opportunity to do some good. Okay. Oh, God, they've got my timepiece! An hour before the black room went dark, Miss Roberts made a single document transfer to an unknown address. What was supposed to be some kind of quiet ODAR hearing is becoming a grand goddamn rigmarole. We're in peak Red Scare, and they're out looking for blood, and all the signs point to Roberts, and damn, if she wasn't responsible, who was? Everything is a mess right now. I don't know how it could get any worse. and object to secure a jury that has no feeling, no bias, no prejudices to either side of this controversy. To put it another way, the minds of the jurors should be the same as a, a white sheet of paper with nothing on it with respect to this case. And you should only take the testimony as it comes from the witnesses and from no other source. Eddie, you're pacing again. Huh, I never did send this. Dear J.W., I hope you've been well. The weather in Colorado is still pretty unforgiving. My mother always did say I was never meant to live in the countryside. I suppose you and Penny don't have to worry about that wherever you are. And screw you, too. Honestly, I don't know what that is going to accomplish, other than that awful burning smell. The prosecution doesn't have our technology. What they do have is... Enough kindling to start a fire. And I'd like to think I'm entitled to what little of my private life remains. Eddie, I doubt they're in tune with all of your private life. (laughs) Well, you are the expert. I never said that. No, my mistake. Tell me, where in the library can I find the big book of government secrets? Don't make me the enemy here. If you'd just take a moment and focus on anything that might really cast a shadow over your innocence. Oh, I have no delusions about shadows cast over my innocence. My being brought to trial isn't about whether or not I'm a communist, after all. Is that what Director Wickman said? (laughs) Chet said that everyone was working around the clock to get to the bottom of this. And you don't believe him? Well, there would be a lot of that going around, wouldn't there? Eddie. What? Bridget, why do you keep saying my name like that? Over and over again, what on earth do you want me to say? I'm being dragged into this farce as some sort of scapegoat. Like, like my contributions to our efforts here mean absolutely nothing. All because someone with a seat in Washington doesn't believe I could possibly- Damn it, Esther, would you stop? Bridget, if I'm going to have to defend myself, I need to be able to- Stop. Eddie, look at me. Look at me. (sighs) What? It's all right to admit that you're afraid. I'm not. Your hands are shaking. I'm a fool. Well, that I won't argue with. I'm serious. Every test, every bent rule and compromise, and I mean as far back as Polvo. 
Bridget, did you know that we were only 50 miles from the Manhattan demonstrations? And 50 miles in the other direction, Americans were being held in internment camps only a hair's breadth away from Majinik. Agent Sugimura's family was there. Did you know that? And I, I just kept at it. I You couldn't have known. No, you aren't listening. I did know, Bridget. That's the problem. What is it that you aren't saying? Just tell me straight out. The only thing I can say for certain is that I, I have no idea what we do here anymore. I cannot say to any degree of certainty just who I'm working for. Hell, I would perjure myself saying I even knew what we were working towards. And, well, if I don't know, who does, Bridget? Does Chet? Does the president? Do you? All right. That's a first. Ms. Roberts, you're being taken into custody under the direct orders of the Secretary of State to await trial in lawfully provided quarantine under the rules of the Federal Espionage Act of 1951. Leave that. You won't need it. Ms. Chambers? Follow me, Ms. Roberts. <clears throat> I suppose we can call all of this to order. The United States, in cooperation with the Central Intelligence Agency versus Ms. Esther Roberts, are both sides prepared? The prosecution is at your disposal, Your Honor. Mr. Cornish, if you would like to begin. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen gathered here today, we understand that every criminal prosecution, especially those within our own ranks, has grave implications. Not only for the defendants, but for the civil servants and for the people of this great nation and none more serious than the charges brought before you today, that Ms. Roberts did repeatedly collude and conspire with the Communist Party to forward their subversive interests, leading to the untimely assassination of Joseph Stalin by one of her known subordinates. Through these actions, Ms. Roberts has plunged our country into uncertainty and made possible the acquisition of certain classified technological materials entrusted to her, which are now available to the Soviets for their own use. The evidence and testimonies presented here in the coming days will prove that the loyalty and allegiances of Ms. Roberts is not to our country, but to communism and the advancement of the communist agenda throughout the world. Diary of Sally Grissom, March 3rd, 1953. To the point, Roberts is... Oh, she's in trouble. After the mission went to bunk, there were maybe... Twelve hours before Cornish and a hangdog-looking Wickman showed up at Robert's door and took her. The transport out of town was four cars long and completely silent. The lights were enough to wake up everyone on our street, though. My neighbor looked like she'd seen a ghost. So of course I came out to D.C. with them. What else was I supposed to do? It, it's one thing to not want to interfere with the future. It's another thing entirely to pretend that you don't know exactly how this plays out for people like her. I... Oh, I just can't. Anybody but Roberts. And maybe that's stupid. Maybe she deserves this and I shouldn't meddle. I, uh, I'm not saying she shouldn't answer for her actions. I've said that much to her face. But there's a difference between being brought before an ethics committee and this. I want to say something about 
positive ions in recirculated air, and about how there was this feeling of dread that could be explained away by science. That sinking feeling was undeniably unscientific. It was straight-up history, repeating itself, and this is the first time in a while that I felt like I'm standing in anything close to the textbooks I read in grade school. It's some seriously scary shit, dude. Roberts is my friend. She's the best friend I've got around here. Or at least the best friend I've got that isn't trapped in a timeless void. Anyway, whatever Cornish and the rest of the suits have to say, it's... I just don't see a timeline where she's working for the communists. She might be batshit insane, but if anybody stands to benefit from it, it's the United States of America. Greater good and all that. <laughs> Ugh, it's, it's definitely not the fucking Soviets. Predictive mechanics would be pretty helpful right about now. I don't... know where we go from here. There is no way this trial happens in a history without me in it. I feel like we've scrubbed through to the end of an old VHS, and somehow the tape is still running. You keep waiting for something else to appear, something you recorded over a long time ago and forgot about, but it's just those lines and a screen that's not quite black. We could rewind it, but mostly there's that niggling curiosity about, like, what's at the end of this thing? If I keep going, what... You know, the minute they took her, we just... I don't know, it felt like time froze. Timelines converged, everyone ground to a halt. I mean, that's not how time travel works. I'm just saying that's what it felt like, you know what I mean. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? I do so swear. Your witness, prosecutor. Good morning, Esther. Hank. The sooner we start, the sooner this will all be over. That is how time works. I'm something of an expert. Certainly. Why don't we start there, then? Walk us through how you joined ODAR. You began in research and development, correct? I was shoved into a computing basement when I first began, but yes, I was stationed at the Polvo Research Community for two years. And then you were part of the relocation to Point of Exile, Colorado in 1946. Do I really have to answer that? You were there. For the record and for the committee, Ms. Roberts, I ask that you be detailed and specific. Yes, I was moved to Point of Exile in January 1946, where I continued to fine-tune the timepiece project with reduced resources. The timepiece was the only thing you worked on? In my official capacity, yes. So you weren't involved in the cage project? I... well, I, I mean, it's the same device, really. Answer the question, Miss Roberts. Yes, I worked on a number of timepiece derivatives. In point of fact, you were one of the first test subjects for the cage project, is that right? You spent a relative 24 hours inside it with Mr. Chet Wickman. Uh, I... And isn't it true that upon exiting the cage, you then proceeded to enact a plan made by you and Mr. Wickman to wrest power of Odar from William Donovan? His health was in severe decline. A succession plan had to be put in place. Did you or did you not conspire to take control of Odar from its director and your superior officer? You're really not pulling any punches, are you, Hank? Ms. Roberts, we're only just getting started. Hey, kid. What kept you? <sighs> oh, it took me a second to slip my handler. <laughs> what a... What did I miss? <laughs> Not much. Tense in there, deciding whether we're going to be allowed to sit in on the important bits at all. It's because they want me to testify, isn't it? Wait, what? You're not on the witness list. It was redacted. 
Apparently, my existence is a higher level of state secret than ODAR and the timepiece. I don't know, they're gonna clear the room of non-essential personnel during my testimony. Jesus, what am I, chopped liver? Have you thought about what you want to say? I think they just want to know what my impressions of her are. Her signature is on my ID forms, after all, even if she hasn't signed them yet. If that's the case, why wouldn't they call me? I've known her longer than you have. I've got years of potential Robert's dirt. Well, that's the point, isn't it? They probably think you're biased, which, let's be fair here, Sally, you you kind of are. I've been on both sides of it. She's my friend, but... I don't know. But still, have you seen the witness list? It's not even just you. Griggs, Wickman, one of her neighbors from Polvo, they're beating the weeds on this one. And Jesus, after everything Roberts has been through already, I'm not surprised to see her rattled. That's... that's not what I mean. At all. Look, I know she's your friend, and you're everyone's hero, and whatever, but you weren't over there. You didn't see what happened. Don't you think the fact that Esther is being investigated is cause for... I don't know, concern rather than outright relief? I mean... How can we be so sure that we're on the right side? You're going to testify against her, aren't you? No, we... Yes, I... I don't know. I just think that it's probably for the best that I tell the truth. About everything. And... And that's what Carm would have done. And where will that lead the committee? How should I know? You know, if we're handing out accusations of espionage and collusion based on looks alone... Two sore-thumb loners standing just outside a courthouse, whispering amongst themselves, doesn't exactly leave the pair of you smelling like roses. The gang really is all here. Looks that way. I'll see you all inside. Something we said? She's just nervous about testifying. What about you? What, am I nervous about Petra testifying? Yeah, kinda. Comforting. You know what you're gonna say up there? Spare me a smoke and I might tell you. <laughs> Didn't know you smoked. I don't make a practice of it. Hey, man. Uh, let's see if I got a light here. Ah, here we go. Well, whatever there is to say, I'm obviously not here to see her walked out in chains. This entire thing is a clusterfuck. It's good that you came, though, to speak up for her. I didn't say that. What do you mean? She's not sure she's going to testify at all. I mean, that's why you didn't go- Lou, please. No, no. Chambers, what the heck? You're one of Robert's oldest and best friends. Eddie disappeared for years, Sally. I know now what she was doing for at least part of that time, but I won't perjure myself to say we stayed in contact, and I know the rest. So you're drinking the Kool-Aid now, too? What is that supposed to mean? You're buying into this lunacy. You're one of the few people who can actually speak to her character, and you're just rolling over? And what about you? Not the world's most reliable source at this point, am I? Wickman's obviously off the table, and why it's in the wind, this isn't about you. It's no time to be selfish about- I didn't say that I wouldn't testify. (laughs) What I meant was that it's complicated. You know why it's complicated. It's not like you have to say- Don't. Don't what? You know exactly what, Sally Grissom, and I'll thank you to keep your voice down. You have absolutely no idea what you're saying, whom you're defending. You don't live inside my head, and in the words of one June Barlow, you are not always the smartest person in the room, despite an overwhelming belief to the contrary. You're a coward, Chambers. 
We were at MIT together, and then we worked together at ODAR. He was my lab partner. Would you say Jack's opinion was one that you held in high regard? I'm not sure where you're going with this. It's not your job to understand why the prosecution is asking you what he's asking you, Ms. Roberts. It's your job to answer him to the best of your ability. Yes. Jack was a well-respected engineer in his field. He was smart and did good work, and I trusted him with my life and safety on a daily basis. He'd say the same about you? You'd have to ask him about that. Gentlemen of the committee, if you will turn to page 4B of your evidence packets, you'll find an excerpt from the file of one Mr. Jack Wyatt. He has been AWOL, considered missing for nearly a decade now. And in his last communication with ODAR facilities on the night of December 25th, 1946, you said, and I'm quoting the transcript here, Wyatt, if they think they can use you to bring me in, they're dead wrong. Roberts, I wouldn't let them. I owe it to you. I told them you were headed east. I want you to be free of all this. You of all people deserve it. Does this ring any bells for you, Ms. Roberts? How about the surveillance tape obtained via portable recording device from that night where Jack Wyatt's destination was hard scrubbed from the record? Ms. Roberts, were you aware that Jack Wyatt was under breach of contract with the U.S. government when he fled point of exile? That because we were unable to properly debrief him, we have no way of knowing what secrets he may have taken with him. He didn't take anything. As you said, Ms. Roberts, we'd have to ask him. I'm going to try to track down a vending machine or something. You want anything? A vending machine? In a government building? Never hurts to try. I'll catch you inside. Uh, Miss Chambers, a moment. Good morning, Bridget. I'm glad you could make it. I hope you're well. I wasn't aware that attendance was voluntary, but good morning all the same, Mr. Cornish. I don't think any of us want to be here any longer than we have to. I know I'm running this into the ground, but I really do want to get to the bottom of this, whatever that truth may be. Glad to hear it. Have you given any thought to your testimony? With regard to... Well, I know you've been in the fold, shall we say, for a few years now, is it? But there is a discrepancy regarding the timeline of your recruitment. Uh, discrepancy? Well, there is a question about how you two reunited after so many years apart. She was an old college friend who'd been out of touch. She told me she was in town and I met her at a bar. You two talked the whole evening away at that bar? I can't say I remember. <laughs> well, you'd remember if you exchanged any classified information, government secrets, anything like that, so I guess it really doesn't matter. Obviously not my area of interest, unless you are all hiding the Library of Alexandria or the Dead Sea Scrolls in your archives somewhere, and I know I haven't heard anything about that. You are aware I'm essentially a librarian, right? I'll bet you had no idea what you were stumbling into when you saw your old college friend again, did you? I can't say I know that much more now, Mr. Cornish. So Esther never mentioned to you what she did, not even in passing? Again, this was quite some time ago, and a lot has happened since then. I can't say I remember what we spoke about. You don't remember that night at all? Of course I remember the night. But you don't remember what you talked about. That's strange, isn't it? Especially since we know you visited Point of Exile only weeks before the security breach at the ODAR prison facility. What was it, Miss Chambers? Family nearby? Well, am I under oath, Mr. Prosecutor? It's only fair since I asked you here that you be prepared for some of the things that you might be asked on the stand. You're too kind. Of course, Miss Chambers. I'll see you inside. 
Director Chester Nathaniel Wickman II, do you swear under oath to be truthful in your responses to the best of your ability, as you did so swear in taking your oath to serve and protect these United States of America during your time in the armed forces? Yes, sir. Well, all right then. Let's get down to it. Now, we already have a prepared written statement from you. You all can find that in your evidence packets if you have not already perused it. So we really are just here to get some clarity, as I said, for the record. So, Mr. Wickman. Chairman Dulles. What was your initial impression of Ms. Roberts as relates to the Office of Developed Anomalous Resources? Esther Roberts has been an integral part of every step of our organization almost since the beginning. She's a brilliant mind, sir, undisputably. Do you think of her as a trustworthy individual, Wickman? Is she someone that you can put your faith in as a commanding officer? Absolutely, sir. I'd have never made Esther Roberts head of research and development if I didn't think her not only qualified, but dedicated to the duties that the position would come to demand of her. And how would you say that Esther measured up to those expectations? I'd say she met and exceeded them, sir. Were you ever given any reason to believe that your trust in Ms. Roberts might have been betrayed, or that your initial assessment of trustworthiness may have been misplaced? When do you mean, sir? <laughs> well, that certainly is one way to answer the question, I'd say. That's a good question, Chet. What would you say is the first time you had reason to question Esther Roberts? Listen, sir, if I'm being honest, I question everyone. Everything. All the time. It's a part of my job. I keep informed. Fine. It is evident, as we sit here today, that the woman before this court is not the one you entrusted to be your second-in-command when you took office. So, what changed? <sighs> Esther Roberts and I had our fair share of disagreements. That much is well documented. I, uh, I stand by my statement that she has the mind of a visionary. She was a civilian scientist. The way she did things was never going to be completely in line with my training in the armed forces and the work we do here at ODAR. I'm not here to sound an alarm on Esther Roberts because we butted heads. I respect her, though I may have missed the mark when it comes to making it apparent in our day-to-days. When I say I trusted Esther Roberts, I absolutely mean it. It sounds like you're coming up on a butt there, Wickman. Trusting your team sometimes means taking it on faith that they're doing what's best for all of you in the moment and not asking those questions even if they're biting at the back of your brain like ants on an old apple core. And you know, the things you'll see there written in the testimony are just... There were times when I had questions, you know? It, it, it wasn't like I never had any doubts. I just chose to believe we were on the right track. Now, looking back... You're not so sure. I'm saying that there are blank spots. Gaps I wish I'd filled in, that I, I take full responsibility for, and I don't know what they all have to do with each other. I've admitted as much, but I do know that what they've all got in common, and I'm sorry about this, genuinely, is Esther Roberts. Please, Mr. Wickman, can you be specific? Of course. Well, for one, it was never clear to me why she paired the two prison cells that were breached the night of the prison incident. In the end, that countermeasure did more to get the both of them out that night. I believe Ms. Roberts was injured that night, correct? She was. But that never sat right with me either, and... I, I'm sorry, Esther, but I have to admit, it did occur to me that... Yes, it'd be a convenient way to make sure no eyes came drifting back over to you when it was time to place the blame. 
It'd be nothing if that were the first time, but why did you insist on going to New York yourself when we had that supply issue? And why did you need to take Sally with you? She wasn't working for us at that time, and she came back with a hostel who went directly for our equipment. She just walked in through the door. She never would have been in a position to do that were it not for you. Hell, like, if you knew what Donovan was doing, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you stop it, Esther? Huh? And why'd you let that damn machine spin up that day after I told you all to stop these tests? Did you know I'd get stuck in there with you? Once we're asking all these questions, what's to stop me from believing that you didn't have that plan? <laughs> that you knew exactly what to say and what not to say to get me on your side by the time we made it out of the cage? Chet, how the hell would I- You'll speak when addressed by the court, Miss Roberts. Please continue. I... I, I can't get my head around how you add up all those zeros and come up with anything other than a question. We used to have a way to hedge our bets on this kind of uncertainty, but the black room went dark on the day of the assassination, and then the Soviets recovered our timepiece, and... I tried to take your word, Esther. But... I, I just don't know. Would you say, given the events you have brought to light here and in your written testimony, that you stand by the statement made earlier today that you totally... Without reservation, trust Ms. Esther Roberts in the position to which she's been appointed. Not without reservation. No. Marquez. Excuse me? Petra Marquez. That's not your legal name, is it? Well, Hank, you're about to start questioning me, and I've been sitting here this whole time watching this go down, so I figure what's about to happen is you make a big deal out of my name, even though you've known me for years and know I don't have a last name. I respond, you snowball the fact into an emotional sob story. Blah, 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 Objection. Blah. Witness is making presumptuous accusations. Petra, can we stick to answering the questions? <laughs> well, stop me if you hear something wrong. Sob story about the inhumanity of not knowing my parents, growing up the way I did, having everything, including my name, taken away away from you and I was barely out of diapers, but I'm not a character witness, Agent Cornish. I'm evidence, and as well as I know that, I'm not going to sit here and let you call me Ms. 29 for the next four hours. And <laughs> there's plenty of real issues to talk about without digging in on the little orphan Annie angle. So yeah, Petra Marquez. It's the name I've chosen for myself. If the court doesn't mind. Proceed, Mr. Cornish. Fine. Ms. Marquez. Since you're so far ahead of the rest of us, why don't you start by telling us where you're from and how you found yourself under the employ of Ms. Roberts? I was raised as part of an experiment to improve neuroplasticity and raise tolerance to the damaging effects of repeated manipulation of causal events, aka butterfly syndrome. And when you finally made it back to your arrival point and you encountered the defendant, Ms. Roberts, for the very first time, did she tell you what your job description was? What you and the remaining members of your program would be doing while there and working for ODAR? Our job was to survive. To make it to the endpoint, that was all. Why? So they'd understand how butterfly syndrome worked and could figure out how to beat it. I see. <clears throat> How'd your classmates die exactly, Miss Marquez? <laughs> Colorful and varied ways. You're gonna have to be more specific than that. How did Liam 17 die, Miss Marquez? Complications from a stroke? Related to butterfly syndrome? I wasn't allowed to see the report. Page 47C of the evidence packet. According to that report, Liam was no older than 15. 
How did watching your friend die affect you emotionally, Petra? Probably a lot. I'm not a shrink. Have you ever seen one? Have you? Ms. Marquez, please. Gentlemen of the committee, if you will turn with me to the back of your evidence packets, you'll find the files pertaining to these experiments authorized by Esther Roberts and her subordinates. I once again ask the court's understanding as these documents are dated far into our future. Is that consistent with what you know to be true, Pet- Ms. Marquez. I guess, technically? It either is or it isn't, young lady. That's... <sighs> All right. I was born in 19... The papers from that year before our first jump have Esther's name on them, yeah. But that is... Ugh, why are you making me explain this? It's Esther, but it isn't this Esther, because it hasn't happened yet, and now that she knows she can choose a different path, it... It's my past, but it's not yours. You make an excellent point, Miss Marquez. But it remains your past. You know her in a way no one else in the world possibly could. Except for Carmen. Yes, and if she hadn't been allowed to leave Odar never to be heard from again, I'd have her on the stand too. Now then, your arrival at the end of the experiment was the first time Esther Roberts met you, but it wasn't the first time you'd met her, isn't that right? You knew she was behind the experiment even before she did. Yes. Would you say you resented Ms. Roberts for her part in your, well, shall we say, mandatory participation in the experiment? <laughs> You could say that, yes. Why? If she hadn't signed off on your experiment yet, if she was capable of making different choices with the information gained by your arrival, why did you harbor such resentment toward her? Enough so that you abdicated your position at Odal. Uh, am I on trial here? Not today, Ms. Marquez. You'll get your turn. But I have to know. If Esther never made the choice, why didn't you trust her? Because... Because I had met her before. I've seen what Odar becomes with her at the wheel. More than I was cleared to know, that's for damn sure. And when I got there to that endpoint and I saw the youngest Esther Roberts I'd ever met, just because she didn't sign the papers doesn't mean she isn't the kind of person who would. That's where we are now. Petra was Cornish's last witness, but she was just the cherry on top of a mountain of evidence. They have brought in every big hitter they could, uncovered every red mark in her ledger, and the worst part of it is that I can't say anything Cornish has said is entirely outside the realm of possibility. Damn, even I'm saying it now. If the gravity of this whole mess wasn't clear to you before, it should be now. Whatever she's actually done, this isn't... You can't be okay with this, Partridge. I mean, I get it. You're caught up in this too. You... Disagree. Partridge, she doesn't deserve this. I know she's not your favorite, but now would be a really great time to step in if you've got really, literally anything. Sally, you may want to come inside. Okay. I gotta get back. Come on. Say something. Please. You're a Jew, aren't you, Esther? Yes. Are there a lot of Jews in Point of Exile, Colorado? I wouldn't know. We don't all know one another. Fair enough. Is there some kind of synagogue or temple, a, a place of worship that you go to? No. Why not? Since 1946, I've occupied a rather demanding position. Unfortunately, I tend to work on the Sabbath. Isn't that against one of your commandments? 
You're a Christian man, are you not, Hank? They're your commandments too, I'm pretty sure. Hey, let's get through these together, huh? We're almost done here. Eyes up. You pray often, Miss Roberts? What does this have to do with- Just answer the question. Sometimes? So you don't attend synagogue? I work on Saturdays. I work for the United States government on Saturdays. And you pray sometimes, you say? We have limited records on your contact with your family and nothing on your involvement in any religious groups, institutions, anything like that for almost all of your tenure, it looks like. Is this a bad thing? It made you a pretty good candidate at the time of your hiring, I can say that. You're your own, Esther Roberts, through and through, that's for sure. But if you don't mind my asking, and I don't mean this to sound rude, what kind of Jew does that make you? A living one, Mr. Cornish. <clears throat> I'm an American, Hank. I was born here. I've spent my entire life here. Everyone that I know and care about is here. So you'd say you don't see yourself as a Jew at all? The two are not mutually exclusive. I did not say that. If you were forced to put them in an order. Are we here to interrogate my status as an American woman or my status as a Jew, Hank? How about you put them in an order and then maybe we can get somewhere? I'm taken aback, Miss Roberts. There is no need for that sort of tone. No? You think I haven't heard this line of questioning before? Am I a Jew, or am I an American? Is this the horse upon which you wish to mount your prosecution, Mr. Cornish? Is she Jewish enough to harbor resentment about our country's handling of the Holocaust? American enough to set aside her personal beliefs for truth, justice, and the American way? Is that the freedom our government works so hard to ensure? Freedom to be shoved into a choice between my blood and my beliefs? Do you think you're the first man who looks the way you do to stand before a court and demand that answer from someone who looks the way I do? Because you aren't. Burn me to the ground if you wish, but at least have the stones to be explicit about why. I am not here to plead the case of my humanity. I won't. Next fucking question. Since it may enlighten you beyond your vast but still yet limited perspective for my doing so, Ms. Roberts, I will tell you that my purpose here is to ascertain your allegiances. If you don't attend prayer services, and you've shut yourself off from your community, and you left home and family at the first chance you got, and your closest friend fled your side under cover of night, and you have perverted, Cornish. perverted the power and purpose of the United States government without oversight to pursue hidden agendas, and you've lost faith in God himself, I am trying to figure out, Ms. Roberts, who you serve. No further questions, Mr. Chairman. Sure, go ahead. I thought not. Eddie? Hi. Oh, Esther. Are you all right? I don't know anymore. I don't know anything anymore. My head is spinning. No, honey, look at you. I'm fine. I'm fine. Bridget, you have to know. Shh. I know. I do. I promise I do. They're asking about my family, Bridget. What does my mother have to do with any of this? Even if I were... What they said I am... What do my 
dad and my sister have to... Nothing, Eddie. Nothing at all. <laughs> hey, ma'am. Are, are you done in there? It's time to get back. Bridget, I've got to ask you something. Esther? Reconsider? What? Running away together? After all this time? <laughs> Not that. Don't think that I haven't thought about it. You've seen enough of this to know what's going to happen at the end of it. You keep up with the newspapers. I know you have your reservations, but... I don't know if there's a way out of this for me if you don't say something. Bridget, the deck is pretty stacked against me. A real dilemma. <laughs> I'm serious. Eddie, I don't know if I can. I wouldn't ask if I thought there were other options. Wouldn't you? Bridget, you know me better than I'd like. Maybe I am all of those awful things you think I am, but you know I'm not a... You've been to my home, for heaven's sakes. You've met my parents. You've met my sister. You know everything there is to know about Odar at this point, Bridget. You know... I know your heart, Esther. I do. And I... Believe me, I've been fighting myself on this since the moment they took you away. But, Eddie, if I swear under oath... And I tell the truth, the whole truth, about you. You think they'd lock me up and throw away the key? <sighs> I know how this looks. I refuse to pity myself. I just thought... You can't give up, Esther. I have no intention to. That's... I'm not giving up. But... Look, if you won't speak, please do something for me. What is... I need you to give this to my mother if I don't see her again. Knock on the door. Their house is the same. The next time you're in the city, my sister will answer the door, but don't let her read it. It's from my mother's eyes only. Can you... Please. Esther, I don't think this is... Ma'am, I need to insist you need to come out right now. Bridget, please promise me. Esther, what does this say? It's... It's a letter from my mother, Bridget. What? I've never known you to write letters in Yiddish. My mother's reading is stronger in- Esther Roberts, what is in my hands? <laughs> the truth. There's no one here but me. What does this say? Don't take it, then. No. No. Give it back. Read it to me. I'm not going to do that, Bridget. Esther, I can't. Now, you've got five seconds or I'm coming in there, ladies' room or not. I'm coming! Wait a few minutes before you follow me out. Fucking Cornish. Ladies and gentlemen, Chairman Dulles, members of the committee, we, as representatives of the American people, decided to go where no one had dared to before, daring to do so only on the understanding that a trust had been struck between the United States and the agency tasked with the research and development of this new technology. God forbid, we said to ourselves, this technology be replicated or created by a country less moral than our own. Our deepest fears, I fear have now been realized because of Ms. Roberts' actions and temperament in a position of unprecedented power in our nation as we have proven in this court. I respectfully submit to the committee that this betrayal cannot be overlooked or undersold and advocate not only for the removal of Ms. Roberts from her position and her immediate termination, 
but for the disbanding of the gaping wound of an agency called the Office of Developed Anomalous Resources as a whole. Now wait just a minute there. You had your chance to now, speak. I never enough, said... Mr. Cornish, Director Wickman. I've heard... If you'll pardon me. I said I've heard enough. Ms. Roberts. Understanding the allegations that have been put forth here by Mr. Cornish and the findings through evidence and witness testimony presented in this trial, do you have anything to say for yourself? Ars Paradoxica, Episode 24, Dilemma, written by Danielle Shamaya, with Daniel Manning, Misha Stanton, Eli Barraza, Julian Mundy, and Toe Zaman, directed and produced by Misha Stanton. Featuring Kristen DiMercurio as Sally Grissom, Katie Speed as Esther Roberts, Leah Peros as Petra, L. Jeffrey Moore as Lou Gaines, Preston Allen as Bridget Chambers, Ren Beeler as Chet Wickman, and Dan Anderson as Hank Cornish, as well as Alexander Danner, Donna Semmel, Dennis Connors, and Todd Faulkner as Alan Dulles, with special thanks to Isabel Atkinson. Original music by Misha Stanton and by Eno Friedman Broadman. You can hear more at enoofficial.com or at enomusic.bandcamp.com. Come find us wherever we are on the internet. Our website, arsparadoxica.com, where you can find episode transcripts or grab merch at our store. You can also reach us anytime on your social media of choice at arsparadoxica or at our email, arsparadoxica at gmail.com. Ars Paradoxica is made possible by listeners like you. If you enjoy what we've done here, consider leaving us a nice review. And if you can pitch in anything to help us keep the lights on, go to patreon.com slash arsparadoxica and pledge to support us monthly. And finally, Ars Paradoxica is brought to you by the internet. Next time on Ars Paradoxica. I guess I'm just wondering what happens next. I know there's no love lost for you about Esther, but if she isn't to blame for this mess, the real culprit still gets to move around as they please. Tell us that doesn't make you a little uneasy. That, that is my black room code. What, what in the hell? Wickman, what's going on? So there's no way that call could have been you. There is someone we haven't considered. You think we're targets? Hard to say. We're only here now because you did the impossible. Can I ask you to do it again? Keep yourself alive first. Everything else comes after. Green. Green. Eight. Two. Twenty. Eight. Nineteen. Twenty. Two. Twenty. Eight. Nine. Twelve. Eleven. Eighteen. Nineteen, sixteen, thirty, one, twenty, forty, twenty, five, thirty, forty, one, twenty, five, thirty, thirty, eight, thirty, eight, thirty, three. Twenty eight, thirty eight, forty seven.
The weather in Tulsa today is arid. The markets are rising.